Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Matthew 16, 13, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, what's the world saying about me? Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? They said, some say you are John the Baptist, some Elias, others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But he wanted to know what they thought, so he said unto them, but what do you, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And today for a few minutes I want to preach to you on this subject. Finally, a hero we can worship. Finally, a hero we can worship. God bless you, you may be seated. Praise God. Now there's a difference between praise and worship. Praise is given to many people, and it's even given to many things. But praise is based upon performance. If a person performs well, they are praised. If they don't, they are not. Now please stay with me today. I know that there's a Packer game But I have a plaque in my office, and the plaque says, let's meet at my house before the game. So thank you for coming and and meeting in God's house and giving your praise to him today. But Jesus deserves even more than praise. Even if you don't agree with his performance, even if you don't think that he's done something the way you wanted it done or on time, he's still worthy of worship. Now, only one is worthy of worship, and worship has to do with position. When a person's position is great, they are to be worshiped. For instance, kings want to be worshiped. They want to be served, they want to be praised, they want to be given to. They believe that they're worthy of that worship. I worship the King of Kings. I worship the Lord of Lords. There's no one more worthy of worship than Jesus is. Can I get an amen? Amen. So if you don't feel like praising him, you still can worship him because he's worthy of your worship. Now in the text that I read to you today, Jesus asked the question and said, what's everybody saying about me? And they said, well, some people are saying that you're one of the previous heroes of Israel. And they start listing the heroes. They they had John the Baptist and they could have went on and on and on with Isaiah and Jeremiah and Daniel, and they could have picked any name that they wanted. They were listing previous heroes. And they're saying, Jesus, you're being put in the same class as these other heroes. And you know what he said to that? 
nothing. He didn't acknowledge it. He didn't say, thank you very much. He said, well, what do you say? You've been with me now for some time. What's your observation? And what conclusion have you come to? And Peter, I think Peter got a glimpse behind Superman's mask. And he pulled back on the Lone Ranger. He, he was able to see something that nobody else was able to see and came to a conclusion that this was more than just a hero. This was more than just a man. This was more than just a man being used of God. He had a revelation that this was God with a body, that God had come in the flesh, that the hero had arrived. And I wanna talk to you for a few minutes today on heroes. What are the qualifications of a hero and, and specifically, what is it that they do? This is my, my understanding. I believe that heroes stand up for the weak. They stand up for the ones who are outnumbered. Number two, they stand up for what's right against evil. And number three, heroes never fail. They always finish the fight. Now I'm, I'm laying my foundation and, and you're gonna see how all of this ties together with the hero that I'm talking about today. But let me continue with my foundation. Let me give you some examples of heroes and their costumes or even the uniforms that they might wear. I'm thankful for war heroes. I'm thankful for men and women that, that continue to protect this country against evil and foes, both domestic and foreign. And when you see a soldier, you ought to go up to him and thank him every time you see him. Thank you for protecting this country. Thank you for your service to this nation. I consider you a hero because that's what they are. And what about policemen? Sounds like somebody's downstairs. Call 911. Somebody strong will come. Somebody with a gun will come. Somebody that's experienced against evil will come and will help us. And they do. And you hear the siren, and it's a good sound. In the middle of the night when you hear a siren after you've made a call, it's a good sound. You know that help is on the way, that heroes are about to arrive. You don't even have to go downstairs. You can just let them handle it. And what about firemen? I think I smell smoke in the house. Or there's a fire going on of some size and you, you can't put it out. And you call the fire department and again, you hear the sirens and here's the firemen. And they put out the fire and rescue you from the flames. They're heroes. They wear costumes. They're here to protect and to serve and always to help. I remember growing up as a little boy, we had lots of cowboy heroes. How many of you can remember cowboy heroes? How many of you remember that even before television, the Lone Ranger? Lone Ranger was on the radio. 
a hearty high old silver. And he wore a mask and a white hat. He always wore white. Always wore a black mask. And he always came against evil. Oh, John Wayne. Yeah, we can remember all the John Wayne movies. Protectors of those that were outnumbered. Always standing up for what's right. Or the Cartwrights. The Barclays. Marshall Dillon. Zorro. All of them wearing masks and costumes. All of them greatly outnumbered, but always up to the task and always doing the right thing and always prevailing. And then I noticed that the heroes began to change. They put man in it. There was Superman. Remember Superman? And then there was Batman. And then there was Spider-Man. And then along came Iron Man. And we could go on and on and on, couldn't we, about these people that were called men at the end. But I'm here today to talk to you about the greatest hero of all, the God-man. The God-man. The God that came from heaven and appeared as a man to rescue, to set the hostages free. Read about him. Read about him. And then experience him for yourself. Isaiah 9 and 6 says, Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And every time you mention his name, you will say, Oh, he's wonderful. Oh, he's the counselor. Oh, he's the mighty God. Oh, he's the everlasting father. Oh, he's the prince of peace. What a hero. And of the increase of his government, there shall be no end. No end. 1 Timothy 3.16 says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. You see, even God came in a costume called flesh. You get to wear it too. But he came in flesh. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. I'll give you some clues, he's saying. God was manifest in the flesh. He was justified in the spirit. He was seen of angels. He preached unto the Gentiles. He was believed on in the world. And he was received up into glory. The only hero that can fulfill that verse of scripture. His name is Jesus. He's the God man. He's the hero of us all. He's the protector. He's the provider of all of us. This hero came not with pride, but he came with humility. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 7 said, This hero made himself of no reputation, but he took upon him the form of a servant, and he was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, the God-man, the hero, he humbled himself. He became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. 
Wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, the hero's name is Jesus. Every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should worship and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Specifically, our hero came with humility. That's what threw us all off. That's what threw the Jews off, and, and that's what even threw the Christians off. And that's what puzzles people today. They wanted a strong, aggressive, authoritative king, and yet he came as a servant. They wanted him to come on a white horse, and yet he rode a donkey. They wanted him to be birthed in a palace, yet he was born in a barn. Our hero knows about humility. Our hero sets the tone for us. Our hero examples us. And our hero never loses. Our hero does not change his clothes in a phone booth. Because he said, I am the Lord and I change not. I change not. This hero is wise. Jude 25 says, to the only wise God, our Savior. Oh, there's a clue for you. You want to know who your God is? He's your Savior. And he's the only wise God. Any other gods are not wise. Be glory, majesty, dominion, and power forever and ever. Amen. That sounds like worship to me. And he's worthy. This hero is all powerful. Faster than a speeding bullet. Oh, way faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Oh, way more powerful than a... Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Oh, much higher than that. Heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool. You talk about height from heaven to earth. More, more powerful than that. All power, Matthew 28 and 18 says, is given unto me in heaven and in the earth. Well, I'm interested in somebody that's got all the power. And if he's got all the, all the power, nobody else has any. I'm just reading it, folks. I'm just, all I'm doing is delivering the mail. But he's got all the power. If there is another God, that God doesn't have any power. And he said in heaven and in earth, this hero, in spite of all this power, in spite of all this wisdom, in spite of all of this ability, cares for every single soul. Hebrews 4 and 15 says, we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He feels what you feel. He hears what you say. He sees what you see. Oh God, you don't know. Oh, wait a minute. You don't know our hero. He was in all points tempted like as we are, and yet he was without sin. Why? Because he was the God-man. He's not a schizophrenic. He's not a half God and a half man. 
He's 100% God and he's 100% man. He feels everything you felt. He knows betrayal. He knows how it is to have people talk against him, lie about him. He knows what it's like to have people spit at him. He knows what it's like to be beaten. He knows what it's like to be crucified. He even knows what it's like to feel forsaken as a man by God. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's the man. Well, I I haven't felt God in some time. God won't be able to relate to me. God can relate to you because he went through everything you're going through, including death. What a hero. What a great God. Not a God that sits up in heaven on a throne and has people feed him grapes and fan him. A God who lowers himself, who debases himself to humanity and allows whatever humanity will throw at him. He takes it to redeem us, to save us, because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission, and the wages of sin is death, and so he has to die for your sins. That's the kind of God we serve. Oh, what a great God. What a worthy God. What a great hero we serve. Tempted in all points like as we yet without sin. Our hero is invisible, but he's also invincible. Colossians 1 and 15 says he's the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn of every creature. That will change the way you look at Genesis. You thought Adam was the firstborn. No, he wasn't. Adam was created in the image of God. We just found out here. Let me finish what I'm reading about the image. By him, referring to Jesus, all things were created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things and by him all things exist. You see, from the very beginning, God had this plan. He sees the end from the beginning. He's not like us. And from the end, he created his own image before he ever created Adam and created Adam after that image. Therefore, all things come into existence because he is also the word of God. You know what would be interesting for you to do? Compare Genesis chapter 1 and John chapter 1. And see that the word created everything. And then Jesus comes and says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. Wow. What a great, great God we serve. This hero is also a conqueror. 
You see, the first time that Jesus came, he came as the Lamb of God. But the next time he comes, he'll come as the Lion of Judah. He won't be soft next time. He won't be gentle and kind. He spoke not a word then. He'll have a lot to say later. Ephesians chapter 3 and 20 tells you how he works through his people now. Because this hero conquers. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Now the first part of the verse, we caught. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. I probably wouldn't get too much of an argument there. But what I want you to see is that he puts that power in us. We think that God is meant to be an external force. That if we pray or if we worship, or if we call on him, he'll show up. Put the, put the Batman light on so that he sees it and he comes. You know what? The power's already in us. God is not a foreigner. He is a resident. He is registered. He lives inside of us. He's in us because we invited him. And he accepted our invitation. And he's not far from any one of us. You see, this hero came to conquer sin. Let's let's go all the way back to the beginning of the message for a minute. Remember when it started listing all the people? Well, who do do men say that I, the son of man, am? And well, you know, you're, you're one of these superheroes from the prophets of the Old Testament. And now I've given you some earthly heroes that you could relate to. But this this hero is far greater than any of that stuff. This hero sets the slaves of sin free. Do you know what that makes him? That makes him greater than President Abraham Lincoln. He set people free. Jesus sets souls free. And he who the Son sets free. That's what this hero does to sin. He conquered sin. This hero conquers disease. He's greater than any doctor. Greater than any physician. His word is his scalpel, and he never leaves a scar. He can do surgery, and you'd never even know, you never even would have known it happened because it's instantaneous and it's over. I remember when I first received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, 
I was that hot-headed Irishman that had a foul mouth and a bad, bad temper. But when God filled me with the Holy Ghost, gone, just like that. I remember going to God, and I said, you know, God, this is who I was for 22 years. I mean, that's the way I expressed myself. Have you met anybody like this? They can't seem to control their mouth. You know why they can't control their mouth? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is speaking. That's what's in the heart. The problem is not the mouth. The problem is the heart. But he said a new heart and a new spirit will I put in you. I'll take away the stony heart. I'll take that away. And he did that for me. I didn't have to work on it. I didn't have to watch my temper. Because God's spirit residing in you can do what no doctor can do. He can heal you of cancer without chemotherapy, without radiation, without a surgery. That's what this hero can do. He's greater than any doctor. He can conquer poverty. You know, we're always talking about the economy. The economy. Well, I'm concerned about the economy. I want more, I want more. Listen, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. If there are six billion people in the world, God can provide all of their needs. The evidence of that is you. But God wants us to give everything and then he'll give us everything that we need. We want to give God what we don't have a a need for and hope that he'll give us everything that we want. It will not work. Financial peace tonight, 5.30. Popped into my head. We need to be good stewards of God's finances. We need to realize that every, listen to this hero, every good and perfect gift comes from above. What a hero! And you, you know, you woke up this morning in a nice house. You probably had a little breakfast. You feel good today. Here you are in a nice church building. God is good. You're healthy, you're strong, you're blessed. Why would you worry about tomorrow when God says he will supply all your need? Can I get an amen? Amen. That's the kind of hero that we're serving, folks. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. What a hero. And speaking of vices and addictions, God can deliver. Well, I've, I've smoked all my life. I don't think I'll ever be able to quit smoking. I've seen people come to an altar and put cigarettes on an altar and turn and walk away and never go back. People have gone home and drunk, 
dumped all of their alcohol in the toilet and flushed it and been delivered of alcoholism. People have taken their drugs and flushed them down a toilet and never had that problem again. Why? Because this hero delivers. This hero, if you're willing, if you'll allow him to help you, if you'll call 911, Jesus, help me. I don't want to be a smoker anymore. I don't want to be a drinker anymore. I don't want to take drugs anymore. I'm sick of being angry and getting in fights and being an embarrassment to people that are around me. Jesus, deliver me. I'm calling on you right now. And the hero comes. He responds to that. He says, that's what I've been waiting for. I just needed your permission. I'm certainly able to do it, but I can't do it against your will. If you want to keep smoking and you're going to cut back, you can wrestle with that all your life if you want to. I'm not going to be a drunk. I'll just be a social drinker. He'll let you do that. I just take recreational drugs and smoke a little marijuana once in a while and it's no big thing and I'm not an addict. You want to play with a snake, you're going to get bit. But if you want deliverance, if you want a hero, I'm preaching Jesus to you today. I'm preaching this hero to you. Know ye not that the unrighteous, this is 1 Corinthians 6 and 9, shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Oh, I struggle with fornication. Nor idolaters or adulterers or effeminate nor abusers of themselves with mankind. Nor the thieves or the covetous or the drunkards or the revilers nor the extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. But I got some good news from the hero for you today. And such were some of you. Can I get an amen to that? Guilty as charged. All have sinned. Come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. But the gift. Where's the gift come from? Above. But the gift. And such were some of you, but here's the gift. But now you're sanctified. I'm setting you apart. Now you're justified. In the name of the Lord Jesus, when you took his name in the waters of baptism, and by the Spirit of God, when you received his Spirit, the hero saved you from your sins, filled you with his Spirit. Now you're not what you once were. And here's his, this may be one of his greatest victories. 1 Corinthians 15, 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised, incorruptible. We shall be changed for this corruptible must put on incorruption this mortal must put on immortality so when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal should have put on immortality then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written death is swallowed up 
in victory. Oh, I like a hero that wins. The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory now? You have been defeated. You will exist no more. And last, the last thought I want to share with you today. You either need to be beside or behind this hero at all times. Don't get out front. Somebody say amen. Don't get out front of the hero. Don't you try to be the hero. He's the hero. You just follow his lead. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God. Hey, come over here, Rick. I'll lead the way. You just, you just follow along. Let me show you what I'm about to do. I might use you to speak. I might use you to lay hands on the sick. But I'm the one that's leading here, okay? Somebody say amen. We need to let God lead. Don't get out front. Just be there and be available and do what he tells you to do when he tells you to do it and he'll provide the strength. He'll provide what's needed. But don't get out front. Either stand beside him or get behind him. Watch, I'll prove it to you. Revelations chapter 19 verse 11. I saw heaven opened. Behold, not a donkey this time. Let me tell you what's about to happen here. The Jews have dialed, after two-thirds of them have died, they have dialed 911. God, come and rescue us. The Antichrist and his armies have us surrounded. There's only a third of us left, and they call out to their hero. Oh, I wish we wouldn't have to be in such a desperate situation before we call out to the hero. I wish that the house weren't burnt down, that the house was broken into, that our lives were ruined by sin and by its addictions before we called on the name of the Lord. I wish we didn't have to come to God with nothing and with total brokenness. I wish we could just come to God as we are and say, God, I know you're getting a bad deal, but here I am. Who I am, what I have is all at your disposal. You are my hero. You are my king of kings. You are my Lord of lords. I will follow you. I wish we don't have to have a rich man that leaves sorrowful when the Lord says, give me what you got. Give it to the poor. But the Jews waited. They will wait until two-thirds of them have perished and they will call for the hero. And heaven will open up and behold a white horse and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true and in righteousness he's not a lamb anymore. He doth judge and he makes war. Watch his description now. His eyes were as a flame of fire. On his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no man knew but he himself. 
He is clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. His name is called the Word of God. And the armies, here's our part. The armies which were in heaven followed him. They got behind him. They followed him. They also had white horses. They were clothed in fine linen, white and clean. They were behind him. And out of his mouth went a sharp sword that with it he would smite the nations and rule them with a rod of iron. And he treaded the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, the greatest hero of all time, the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords, the word of God made flesh dwelling among us and executing judgment. We need to be God's posse. Saddle up, boys. We're going to earth. Follow me. I'll lead you into battle. And by the way, you're already immortal. Can't be hurt. Just follow me, boys. I'll lead you into battle. We're going to rescue these Jews. What a day that will be. All of you that always wanted to be a war hero, just stay in the church. You're going to get to be a war hero. Even Rick Kiley will be able to ride a horse. Does that make you happy, Steve? Let's stand together. Isaiah 6. Finally, a hero we can worship. Isaiah 6 and 1 reads this way. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each of them had six wings, with twain He covered his face, with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth, wow, the whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. This hero has a train on his royal robe. You see, conquering kings not only wore the most beautiful of all robes, whenever they had a victory in battle, they got a piece of cloth about this size, and on it, it listed the battle, the date, and the victory that they had. And it was attached to their royal robe And it was called a train to the robe. Did you you remember what I just read to you? He was high and lifted up and his, not his robe, his train. All of the victories were attached and it filled, it filled the temple. There's one on there with your name on it. 
there's a hero in the house today. There's somebody that can help you, somebody that can heal you, somebody that can provide for you, somebody that can save you. All you have to do is call on the name of Jesus and he'll come a-running. He'll listen to what you have to say. He'll put his arm around you. And if you allow him to, he'll be your hero. And you will want to worship him from now through eternity. Jesus, thank you for being my hero, my strength, my provider, my savior, my healer. Thank you for delivering us, Lord. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.